How do you start thinking outside the box? What does it mean to start thinking outside the box when it comes to your medical career? Learn the answers to these questions and many more on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I'm so happy you're here. For my returning listeners, thank you. For my new listeners, welcome, because today, like on every episode, we're bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, we continue our career strategy sessions with part three, how to start thinking outside the box, featuring me. Let's get right into it. We are going to be talking about thinking outside the box, and how that relates to envisioning the career that you want and deserve and being able to create it. So for this week, I want to talk about what is realistic versus what is possible, right? So oftentimes uh, when I ask potential clients what they want to do, they say, I don't know what's possible. What are my options? Well, that's closed mind thinking, right? So Uh, What are my options? Well, I could give you a list. It's going to be 16 pages long because clients that I've worked with, um, other physicians, other healthcare professionals that have done all kinds of amazing, spectacular things, they didn't follow the list of what is possible or what are the options, right? So thinking about what is possible is, is not, is thinking inside the box, right? So we want to think about working our way outside the box, starting to think about What do you want to do? What ignites you? What did you do before you went to professional school? What are your hobbies? What are your interests? You know, what do you like? Because um, otherwise you're going to end up just as unhappy as you are right now. So um, I like to take my clients outside of reality on our initial call, right? So if there were no, if there were no restrictions on what you could do or what were possible, if money wasn't an option, if there were no other mitigating factors, what would you do? What would you spend your time doing? Um, and it's, it brings up some really interesting thoughts about what people would want to do. And uh, before we're able to really dig into what's the best fit as far as career, uh, we need to start thinking outside the box. We need to start thinking about not what are my options. We need to start thinking about what is possible. Anything is possible, right? So there's thousands, probably millions of, uh, of possibilities. And just because you're thought that um, there's only these few non-clinical careers or uh, the only way to make any extra money is doing chart reviews or whatever it is, um, that you have no possibilities of doing anything else. Um, so that's flawed thinking, right? So um, for this week, I want you all to start thinking about not what is possible, not what real, what is realistic, but what would you do if there were no limits? What would you do if reality wasn't a concern? Great. Okay, next, we're talking about common non-clinical careers because a lot of people talk to me about transitioning to non-clinical. And just a note here, that's not necessarily the way to be happy, right? So um, I was really burnt out. And I restructured my clinical career, um, bought down a lot of my time using multiple side gigs, et cetera. And I still practice clinical medicine and I'm happy doing so. I know a lot of people that have done that. 
So certainly staying in medicine, just restructuring how you're doing things or leaving your current position or developing a monetized side gig, et cetera. There's a lots of strategies to keep you in medicine and happy. But if you are so sick of it and you are not trying to be a doctor, a PA, an MP, a pharmacist, et cetera, anymore, and you want to transition to non-clinical, oftentimes I see the same careers, right? So it's utilization management or chart review, um, pharmaceutical industry, medical writing or consulting of some sort, right? And so those are like the desirable um, careers well, uh, for the non-clinical realm. However, there are so many non-clinical careers out there that aren't don't fall into those categories, right? So um, there's medical advertising people do. Um, there's uh, consulting for film and books and things like that. I mean, we can go on and on and on for lists if you want lists. But again, we're thinking outside the box. I'm not giving you lists. You're creating the career you want. Um, but my point here is only to say that, do you know you'll be happy in one of those non-clinical careers? You know, I see people like, oh, does anybody know anybody who's hiring for a chart review or how do I bust into pharma? And if that's what you want to do and that aligns with your values, amazing, go do it, right? But perhaps, um, if those careers don't align with your values and there are many situations where they don't, then you'll be unhappy there too, right? So the purpose of at least my program and I know other career coaches that do the same thing is that figuring out what makes you you, right? Figuring out what you care about, what your values are, then figuring out what you would want to do to play on your strengths, right? We're going to do a whole month talking about strengths because I do strength-based coaching. And then uh, finding a position that, that aligns both your values and your strengths. Now that that's going to make you happy, right? So you got to do this inner work in the beginning to try and figure out what you're going to do, you know, in your next job and your next job. So I just wanted to make the point that perhaps the like top five non-clinical careers or whatever lists you're looking at might not make you happy either. Um, and so you say, well, those markets are really uh, saturated. There's not no jobs in there. Well, maybe you won't like that job. So uh, you got to do the work to figure out what you like. And that's my only point for today. Got it. Great. Now, we're going to talk about a common fallacy that I hear all the time is that I have to use my degree in whatever comes next, right? And well, do you, right? So let's take doctors, for example. Um, you spent four years of college, four years or four years of medical school, three to 10 years of training, right? And then um, you're five years out and you're really miserable and it's affecting your relationships and you're crying in your car before work. But you have to use a medical degree, right? No, you don't. I mean, maybe you want to, but you don't have to, right? And what ha what would happen if you didn't? There's someone I knew who loved cars and she decided that she was just going to walk into a car dealership and see if she can get a sales job. She did. And she's making way more money than she did as an OBGYN, right? Um, so you don't have to use your clinical degree but you certainly can, right? There's certainly ways to restructure your medical practice if that's what you want to do. But where does this thought come from? A lot of it comes from something we talked about in month one, the sunk cost fallacy. And just as a review, it's an economical term. Um, and it refers to the sunk costs, right? So you want to, you have to keep the path you're going on because of all the time and money you've invested in them. But those are sunk costs. Those are gone. They're never coming back. So, 
if you decided you were going to design a career, whatever it may be, based on your values, that uses your strengths, that pays you well, that you're happy with, your family's happy with, you're, an, you're a normal human being, again, you're not this miserable grump all the time, right? But it doesn't use your clinical degree. Are you upset about that? Does that, you can't take that position because it doesn't use degree? You use your degree? That's, that's wild. Why, why would you ever think that way, right? But it's a common thought and it's, it's flawed thinking. And it's just helpful to recognize that it is flawed thinking, right? And it comes, also comes back to identity. I am blank. I am a doctor. I am a pharmacist. I am a PA, whatever. Um, or are you a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, right? A family man or woman? Um, are you a avid bird watcher? Whatever, right? Your degree is just a small portion of your identity. It does not define you. It's a job and you should be happy with your job. Okay, in this next part, we're going to talk about a common um, misconception when it comes to uh, transitioning or restructuring your current career. And that comes to money. And for those of you who know me at all, uh, you know that I love talking about money um, because we should talk about it more. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about, I need to do something that matches my clinical salary, right? Um, I have to do that right away. I have to make the exact same amount of money or I can't change, right? And that is that is real, right? I mean, I understand that. I got tons of loans. I got a family. I got a mortgage. Um, so we're, let's unpack this a little bit, right? So I have to match my clinical salary right away. Well, first of all, there's a few other things to consider. Um, what about benefits? Now, if you're going to the non-clinical world, uh, oftentimes in the clinical world, your salary is pretty capped. Um, you, you know, you might get some promotions a little here and there, a little extra. Um, but overall, your lifetime earnings um, at your during your clinical position is not going to change much. Fortunately, some people's salary goes down over the years. Um, but when it comes to the non-clinical arena, uh, there's a lot of room for vertical and lateral growth. Additionally, the other thing you want to think about is um, benefits um, because they're profit sharing, stock options, etc., um, and some really amazing vacation packages. Um, there's all kinds of benefits that um, you don't think about in the clinical realm because we just don't get them, right? Um, when it comes to starting a non-clinical or uh, non-clinical side gig or business, um, even if you're going to stay in clinical medicine, oftentimes that's uh, self-employed, right? So you own your business, so you get to start thinking about things like major write-offs home office deduction, uh, opening, opening other retirement accounts, and really just huge amounts of deductions. Uh, once I started my business, I, I was able to really offset a lot of my clinical salary uh, using deductions for my business. So that's a whole other topic as well. And the other thing is, um, you know, maybe you don't have to match your salary, right? And maybe just having weekends off again is worth it to you. Maybe being home at five for dinner is worth the monetary investment, right? It was not really an investment, but the change in your salary. Is it worth it working 80 hours a month, 80 hours a week, excuse me, to make us X amount of salary? Whereas if you're working 40 hours a week, how much could you do on the side? Uh, could you create a business? Could you create a project? Could you do other things? Could you just spend time with your family? Um, and how much is that worth to you? The other part of it is, how much is being unhappy and burnt out and miserable costing you? What is it costing you in relationships? Unfortunately, some people go down this road towards divorce and other things like that because they're so burnt out. 
because you can't tell me that you don't bring it home because you do. So matching your critical salary right away is, uh, you know, multifaceted. And I don't want this to constrain you. Some of these positions that my clients transition into make more money. So just the thought about matching your clinical salary and not letting it constrain you when it comes to your job search. But the next major objection that I hear all the time is, I'm a physician, I'm a PA, I'm a physical therapist. I have no other marketable skills. Oh man, this drives me nuts, right? You are a professional, right? So you have gone through a lot of school and a lot of training and you're up here on the rung of, of careers in this country, right? And Hopefully, uh, most of my people I'm talking to are in the U.S., but for other countries, you as well, right? So why would you not have any marketable skills, right? And, and what does marketable mean, right? Anything could be marketable. I mean, even the, like the craziest skill you can think of is likely marketable and monetizable. Um, again, that's another discussion about side gigs and, and how and why and what to monetize. But um, so let's take doctors, for example, right? So you have no marketable skills, except that you're one of the hot, most highly trained professionals in, in this country, in the job market. You've gone through more education than most of the people in the workforce. Uh, you're a leader by training. You're a teacher by training. You have excellent communication skills, generally speaking. Um, just not just taking the medicine out of it all. You have so many skills. Uh, and the fact that you say you have no marketing, marketable skills really comes down to um, the fallacy of how, how you feel about yourself and what you value, right? So this is totally wrong. And I have no experience. While you may not have experience in that specific job role, you have all kinds of experiences you can draw upon to make you great at that career and to tailor your resume or CV towards that career. And we're going to talk about resumes. It's going to be a while in a few months, but um, all those skills, soft skills, as they like to call them, even though I hate that term, um, really transition over well to non-clinical realms, to business, to marketing, to anything you can think of. So I have no marketable skills is wrong, and you should try to get out of that thinking. Um, you can reframe it as, uh, I'm learning how to best use my skills to adapt to this new position, right? we got to think about language, and we're going to talk about language in the coming months as well. Um, and challenge your belief system. Why do you think you have no marketable skills? Maybe because you don't know. Maybe because you don't know the skills that you do have, right? So just keep that in mind, okay? And that's the end of this month about thinking outside the box. So um, if you're enjoying this series, drop a couple comments about how you're starting to think outside the box about what is possible and realistic, right? About your clinical salary, about your marketable skills, about any of the things you talked about this month. I hope that gave you some insight into how to start thinking outside the box when it comes to your career. Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. It really helps get the word out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening, especially in the same vein of this show when we talked about marketable skills, is visit my website, andrewtissardio.com, where you can find a free guide to marketable skills. If you want the direct link, it's andrewtissardio.com forward slash skills. That's completely free and will give you a step-by-step process on how to discover your very own marketable skills. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, everyone, keep talking. 
All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LLC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LLC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LLC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.